Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. Your host, Sean Holland. Uh, in this episode, we have uh, our old friend Jared Willis back on the show. He writes for the Sporting News and Forbes Sports. Uh, you can follow him at jwillis, J-W-Y-L-L-Y-S on Twitter. And we're just talking about basically the Cubs spring training, how it's going, looking ahead to the season, how the NL Central is going to stack up. Uh, Jared feels pretty good about uh, the Cubs this year, so he actually makes me feel a little bit better about their chances this year. Uh, we talk a little bit about last year and the unlikelihood that was the Cubs' late-season collapse, and um, I finish up asking him about Kentucky basketball. So it's a pretty good conversation, and I hope you'll like it. Here's Jared. Jared, welcome back to Holy Cow. It's always good to have you on. Thanks for having me on. I'm always glad to, do, glad to uh, get on and talk some baseball. All right. So uh, now spring training is well underway now. We're uh, about, what, 18, 17 days away from uh, the regular season starting. So uh, what are you thinking about the Cubs so far this spring? What have you seen that you feel good about? I think there's a lot to feel good about. Um, a couple of the, the big standout things have been, I've uh, been very pleased with not only how you Darvish has pitched, but also just what his attitude seems to be. Um, I haven't been in Arizona at all. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of relying on, you know, my beat writer friends that are out there um, for some of that information, but everything we're hearing is very positive, um, very much what you want to see or hear going on. So I'm pretty excited to see what you Darvish does this year. I think he's going to be a, a big part of the Cubs having a, a bounce back season. Um, although I, acknowledge this the strangeness of calling it a bounce back year when they won 95 games last year but i think that's kind of how everybody's feeling right now um and so darvish i'm excited about i think um getting chris bryant back healthy and able to play a full season will be will remind a lot of fans of just how good he is um so those are two things that that really stick out to me uh there have been a few other things from spring training that have been cool to see like you know, Tyler Chatwood's actually pitching well. Um, Nico Horner has been a lot of fun, even though we know realistically he's, he's probably headed to high A or maybe double A when the season starts. Um, but just cool to see a, a, such a recent draft pick doing so well in spring training right now. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of things about the Cubs that have been very positive. Um, I like the, the shift in attitude toward spring training where it's a little less of like a carnival or a circus. And I know that's been kind of Joe's thing to keep them loose and all of that, but I think he's adapting and recognizing that their needs have changed. And so um, that too has been something that I've enjoyed seeing and reading about. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling uh, quite optimistic about this team this year. You brought up that I'm going to ask is um, a pretty good thing. Pretty good uh, segue. That, yeah, they do seem like more intense this year, more. And, you know, there was that criticism from Theo Epstein, you know, in the end of season press conference about sometimes they, the games didn't seem like they were priorities to win every game and give a lot of effort every game. And so, yeah. So do you think that this really was like a top down Theo telling Joe Madden, like, we can't take any 
games off. We can't be silly. This is we kind of disappointed last year, and we've got to focus this year. Yeah, I think there's there's got to be to some degree where they, you know, there's a an organization wide philosophy that begins with with Theo and works its way down. So I don't, you know, I, maybe it was like a direct mandate, but I'd like to think that. Joe recognized some of that on his own and has made some of these changes himself. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a good question because it it seems like so far that they are making some of those mental changes that you want to see based on what Theo had to say at the end of the season, even some of the quotes from the players after that wildcard game. So yeah, the, the shift in attitude is, seems like it's there, which is a really big thing too. Um, Because I know a lot of fans are disappointed that, maybe the off season in terms of acquisitions hasn't been what they were hoping for or even outright expecting. And while I think that's valid, uh, I think there's still plenty of reason to be happy about what they've got going on. Yeah. And another thing I was going to, when you're talking about things that are pleasant improvement um, now, you can never read too much in the spring training, but uh, Kyle Schwarber looks very good. Uh, he reverted yeah. back to his old um, batting stance, the crouch that he used early in his career. But uh, should we feel good about uh, Kyle Schrober going to, going into the season? I think so because I, he's demonstrated that he can make pretty significant improvements in a relatively short amount of time. You know, 2017 was such a, a rough one at the plate for him. Um, but then last year you go and, you know, you look at what he did. Um, he, he had a very respectable season offensively. And so if he can continue to build on that, that's a really big, uh, a big piece for, for the Cubs offense, you know, and even going back to 2017, when he just was really struggling to get on or get hits, he's still on a regular basis, put together quality at bats, drew walks. I mean, he was still productive in a lot of ways, um, even though the hits weren't coming. And defensively, I got to give the guy a ton of credit. He's he's really transformed himself into a a decent outfielder. Um, so yeah, I think you're right, Schwarber. There's there's a lot to feel good about there. Um, and I've mentioned him elsewhere, but I think if you can get even a, a mild resurgence at the plate from Wilson Contreras, that makes a huge difference as well. Because uh, when you go back and look at last season, they had so many things that that went wrong. They Darvish hurt, Bryant hurt for so much of the season. And then a lot of guys that, that really slumped, especially slumped in that second half. And somehow they still pulled out 95 wins. So it, it does make you think like, man, if, if a few of those things that went wrong last year can go right this year, uh, there, there's a lot of reason to feel really good about what they could do. The slump seemed to like coincide. It was this weird right. thing where they all kind of, you know, at once in like, you know, it was one of those things. It doesn't happen very often with baseball teams. Usually people are all over the place, but that last month of the year, it seemed like the whole team just, and you know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, the schedule with no off days with all the rainouts and having to make up the games and stuff. But do you think that was it? Or do you think it was just like bad luck all seemed to hit at once? Yeah. I think the way things went down at the end of the season, that's just a, it's a combination of things. There's, I don't think there's any way you could point to any one particular problem. 
the way the schedule was did not work in their favor at all. That's for sure. I mean, that stretch of games that they had was just insane. And then some of the, you know, some of the things like even like losing Strope in those last couple of weeks, um, that's just, you know, it, it put this tax the bullpen a little bit further. I think it taxed the team as a whole um, a little bit further where maybe your offense feels like they've got to push a little bit more to score more runs because, you know, the reality is the back end of the bullpen is just not at full strength or even close to it. Um, and then also, I mean, yeah, there's some bad luck. I mean, how often does a team get as hot as the Brewers did in September, you know, and that's great for them because they had so many, so many of their guys playing their best baseball right when you want them playing their best baseball. And there's just, unfortunately, you know, there's not a lot the Cubs could have done about that directly. Um, You know, maybe one or two of those head to head matchups in hindsight, but really, you know, the Cubs were in such a tough spot that they deserve credit. I think for, for not fading even worse than, than what they did. Um, I know that might make some people kind of mad to hear it because it's, it felt like they just crapped the bed, but I mean, the, we, we shouldn't ignore the fact that the Brewers were just playing outstanding baseball in those last few weeks of the season. What do I want to say? Um, you almost, you also say like, well, like, because I remember at the time when they had the game, the lead, like six games, five games, you're like, well, even if the Cubs play badly, the Brewers would have to play out of their minds. Yeah. To yeah. Win. And sure enough, I mean, it, right. the combination was like amazing. Yeah. Cause it, it was one of those situations where it was like, you know, what are the odds that both of those things would happen that way? Um, and yeah, that's exactly what happened. I mean, the Brewers just could not lose and they did play out of their minds and you know, how, how fortunate to be playing the Tigers at home for your final series of the season. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't hurt your cause either. Um, but yeah, just weird, crazy, bad luck. It's, it's the way it goes. And I think it has made the, I mean, I think it's really soured people on the Cubs as far as how good they are. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of fans, Cubs fans are not, are going to be surprised at how well they do in 2019 because I, I feel like in a lot of places they're being just out written off, which is kind of ridiculous. Well, it's one of those things too, with that, um, this Picada projection thing, which I've, I swear to God, I can't believe I've talked about like five times on my podcast the last two months is Picada projection. But yeah, um, it's amazing how and they caught on and they were on all like MLB.com and all these places. And, you know, all these TV shows, anything where you talk about baseball, you see this Cubs are picked last Cubs are picked last. And it's like, it seeps in the, and now everyone, all these fans are just like convinced that the team is horrible because of this one computer projection that was picked up by all these places. Yeah. And I think, I think it's worth, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, um, but it's worth keeping in mind that like projection systems are, are, are by no means like a crystal ball. And it's also not the product of like, the, the people at baseball prospectus don't like have it out for the Cubs. Um, you know, it's a computer model that gives them these, these results. You know, these are smart people doing good work and it's 
you know, just weird that it comes out at 79 wins. Now, I guess the floor maybe for the Cubs is somewhere in that range. I suppose that's possible because realistically, I don't see anybody in the NL Central winning more than 89 or maybe 90 games because that division is just going to be really tough. Um, so, yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it. It provided a lot of good ammo for for that kind of stuff. It's It's easy content when, you know, oh, look, this projection system says the Cubs are going to win 79. But then you turn around, and I think it was the USA Today, their projection had the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals all tied for first in the division. And so, you know, that's just, it's fun. It's it's goofy stuff to look at and talk about. But obviously, you know, we all have to know that on, you know, second week of March, there's no way that any of that actually means anything. With this stuff, the second... I would not say a week, but maybe a month into a, into the season, those projections are already toast. So yeah. much has changed in just a month that they don't even matter anymore. And the important thing to pay attention to is those projections adjust as the season goes on. And so, you know, like you said, a month into a season. So I would encourage people to go back and on May 1st and look at them again, and they will have adjusted based on the first month worth of games. And as the season progresses, you much you get a much more clear picture of how things are probably going to turn out. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be an interesting thing for people to keep an eye on. Um, is go back and look at those Dakota projections at that point, or even by June or halfway through the season, and I think you'll get a, a much more realistic idea of where things are headed. Yeah. So um, I guess this since you are more a big picture guy now you're no longer just a humble cubs blogger you're covering the whole league well a lot of the league for the sporting news and stuff i thought i'd ask you for the lay of the land on the nl central because i've been writing these little previews for cubs den about the other teams in the nl central but i thought i'd ask you what your thoughts are because you already kind of said it's a gonna be a tough division this year yeah um well the the top three are are an easy choice because Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals. Um, because when you go back and look at the standings from last year, the Cardinals were not that far out of it. Uh, they won 88. And so, you know, swing a few games in one direction or the other, and they're a lot closer. Um, and they've made some really notable improvements. You look at what Paul Goldschmidt is going to bring to that roster. Even Andrew Miller, if he's healthy, makes a really big difference for their bullpen. And so, you know, know Cubs fans aren't going to want to hear this, but I kind of like the position that the Cardinals have put themselves in because they're a lot better suited to be competitive this year. And so I see it as a, it's a three team race. Um, Of those three, if I had to pick a team to fade, it's probably Milwaukee. And it's not, you know, I'm not hating on their roster. I'm not anything like that. I think it's just, realistically they played so out of their minds last year at the end of the season that so much of the success that they had was a product of how they played those last five or six weeks. So do you expect them to replicate that? Do you expect their bullpen to be just, you know, world beaters all over again? Um, well, that's what you have, to, you have to wonder too with the Brewers is they lean on that bullpen so hard. Yeah. And will there be injuries? Will it fade? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
they leaned on them heavily and it worked for them last year. But yeah, can you expect that for another year in a row? They don't, their rotation is uh, maybe a little better. Like Jimmy Nelson is coming back. And so if he's pitching well, then that's, that makes a, that helps them. But um, yeah, if I, if I had to pick a team that due to fade in that group, it's, it's going to be Milwaukee. And just for that reason, um, Cincinnati is going to make things interesting. I don't, Ultimately, I don't know how good they're going to be. They're just going to be a lot more fun to watch um, with Puig. Um, and if Matt Kemp hits even decently, that offense is going to be pretty frustrating to deal with. Um, and then Pittsburgh. I saw you wrote about Pittsburgh here just, what was that, today? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, man, I if there's a fan base in baseball that should be just fuming mad, uh, it's the Pittsburgh fan base because – they had a group there that was set up to be really successful four or five years ago. And they just, they just let it, they just pissed it away. Um, and when I say they, I mean, you know, team ownership, management, all that, um, not the players. And so, yeah, Pittsburgh is an easy last place pick. I just don't think they're going to be competitive. Um, and if you want me to pick, I'm going to say, Cubs win the division. Cardinals are in second. Brewers third, then Reds, and then Pirates. Um, and I think the Cardinals have a pretty good shot at taking a wild card this year. Yeah. Well, hope I hope you're right. Let's put it that way. I don't know yeah, if you will it, be, but I hope you're right. It could, yeah, because I feel like there's about half a dozen different possible outcomes for the NL Central this year. Yeah, I, I think that's probably pretty much right. And like, like I said, the Reds are better, but like I put a reasonable expectation would be maybe they can hover around 500 because like you were saying, their pitching is still not quite there. Yeah. And I think, and, and honestly, like uh, 500 might be, that's if things go well. Yes. Like, because honestly I could, I could see the, the division winner finishing the season with 88, 89 wins. And so, thinking that Cincinnati is going to be as high as 81 um, seems a little high given that, and not that Cincinnati's not that they're like a bad baseball team. It's just going to be very hard to, to get 81 wins um, in their position. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, with the, with how these divisions, you never know exactly, but there's always one team that fate that falls apart in every division. Usually you don't usually get that, yeah. you know, top to bottom five strong teams. So, and you never know who that's going to be. And, I, and like I said, I think last year, kind of like the Cubs were kind of that team um, in a weird sort of way. And because they were set up so nicely to just win the division pretty outright, like they had the year before and the year before that. Um, and so, you know, maybe this year it's it's going to be somebody else's turn. Yeah. And it's just not that not to beat that dead horse either. It's just if you rerun, you know, the end of 2018 like 50 times it's only going to end like that like two or three times was- yeah yeah totally and i think and again i think that has massively col- colored the perception of the team among a lot of the fans at least you know based on what i i feel like i see on social media and read and hear from people um i i think it's yeah it, it's negatively impacted their view of the team to a degree that doesn't really match the talent that's on the roster. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, 
switch to this. Uh, you become a member of the Baseball Writers Association, you know, BBWAA. And I just wanted to ask you what that's what it feels like to be a member of the, quote, big leagues now. Uh, that's honestly, it's still very surreal. Um, you know, it's something I'd, I've had spent a lot, a lot of time working toward. And so I kind of knew, I knew it was coming. I knew I was in, um, you know, quite a while before the card actually arrived in the mail, but I think actually getting the card and seeing that was one of the most like pinch myself moments I've ever had. And I still, honestly, I, I still take it out two or three times a week and just look at it. And so I, yeah, it's, it's just very surreal at this point. I'm sure eventually it'll, it'll settle in and it'll feel normal. But I think once I've had the experience of going to a few games with that thing, um, as a, you know, wearing, wearing the card and, and as a, as a writer's association member, um, that maybe that's when I'll get used to it. But, you know, the first time then I get a vote on something, so I don't know when that'll come. I won't necessarily have a vote on anything this year. That's going to be another surreal moment too, where I will get the opportunity to contribute to a Cy Young vote or a rookie of the year vote or something. And so it's really like, it's, it's kind of, it goes back to like a, you know, sort of goofy childhood dreams that I had. Um, Cause I never really like, as a kid, I never really daydreamed about being a baseball player. Um, I always wanted to be like a radio announcer or a writer or something like that. And so this is literally like 10 year old me, what I wanted to be doing. So it's, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, no, it, it sounds cool. Maybe, maybe we'll put, we'll, we'll try to get lobby you to vote for certain people, but I know you're a <laughs> observer now and you would never do that. So, yeah, so that's, you know, and that's been even over the last couple of years, you know, be becoming getting involved with sporting news and some of these other outlets and, you know, being credentialed on such a regular basis and spending so many games at the ballpark in the press box. Um, it, it's definitely, it changes the way you follow the game. Um, it's yeah, it feels a lot different than it did a few years ago. Um, but it's, it's different in a good way, at least for me. I don't know that everybody would want this kind of an experience, but um, I'm loving it because I kind of enjoy the opportunity to, to take a broader view of the game and to detach my fandom just a little bit. Um, because I've always kind of felt like a, a fan of the sport first and then a fan of, you know, I was, I was a Cubs fan. Um, and so still getting a close connection to that team is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's just in a very different way now than it was even just a couple of years ago. Right. So I, I thought too, I'd ask you, um, what are you working on right now? Any good stories coming? So, yeah, I've got like a couple of things like for sporting news this month I've done, I did two pieces last week on like teams that might be sort of surprise teams to make the postseason. And I picked the Cardinals for the national league and then the Rays for the American league. And so then this week I'm going the, the other direction and looking at like, contending teams that are most vulnerable. Um, so if I'm going to pick the teams that are going to do the opposite and after making the playoffs last year, I'm going to miss the playoffs this year and look at, you know, maybe why that might happen. So I've got that um, a little bit later this week. And then just in the weeks to come, um, 
uh, a few different things. Like I've one thing I've been fascinated by for a long time is how players um, from different countries who speak different languages manage on-field communication. Um, so if I'm a Hispanic catcher and I have a Japanese pitcher on the mound, how do the two of us work together um, on the field when there's no way to bring out a translator and have somebody, you know, mediate that. And so that's something that I've, I've just begun some work on talking to a few people about. And so I look forward to working on that a little bit more. And then I'll be at, actually, this is going to be kind of weird for me, but I'll be at opening day, but opening day in Milwaukee. Um, So Sporting News asked me to go up there for that. Um, So it'll be Brewers Cardinals, which will be a fun game to watch. I'm excited for that just because it's a a good division game. But it's going to be weird because this will be the first opening day that I'm not sitting down watching the Cubs. And so, um, but yeah, that I'm excited about because I think it'll be cool. I've never been to an opening day before. So I'm excited to uh, to get that chance to do that. So, yeah, there's a, a few different things that I've got going over the the next month or so. We'll uh, we'll go on this because you were talking about you know you kind of put your uh, fandom on hold, but I'm going to ask you about somewhere where you haven't put your fandom on hold, and uh, that's the University of Kentucky Wildcats <laughs> basketball. Yes, yes. And, and, I, you know, so- yeah, the tournament's coming up, so I figured I'd ask you what you thought about Kentucky going into the tourney this year. Well, I, I mean, that's definitely, I mean, first of all, like I could never cover college basketball because I I wouldn't be able to handle, you know, being objective about, about Kentucky, but I feel, I feel pretty good about them. They've looked kind of wobbly the last week or so, but they've been missing Reed Travis, who is such, you know, he's like big man on the post. He's such an important part of that team. So, if he comes back healthy for the SEC tournament and then March Madness, I, I actually, I feel like that's a team with, that's a, a final four team fairly easily. Cause they've won some really big games. You know, they beat, they beat Tennessee at home and then turn around and lost to Tennessee on the road. Um, but they've, yeah, they've had some, some really solid wins this year. They have a tendency to start a little slow in the first half and then kind of pick it up, which can be dangerous in the tournament. If you, get yourself in too deep of a hole, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about them. The uh, SEC has been real tough this year. So I think they're, they're even stronger than their record in t- indicates. Yeah. And they've got a pretty good record. So that's a yeah, good sign. Yeah. I think it's just five losses or four or five losses. Um, and a couple of those were like, like they lost to Seton hall and like his crazy overtime buzzer beater. Um, you know, so there were a couple losses like that. They lost one game on like a goaltending call. Um, so it wouldn't take much for two of those losses to go away. And, and then they lost to, uh, oh, they just, you know, they just lost this past week. Um, but that was without Reed Travis. And so, yeah, they're, they're, I think they're, they're in pretty good shape here headed into the tournament in like a week and a half or so. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bet big on them in my bracket notes. So I'm going to blame you if they know that. <laughs> well, I think it's a safe bet. I think you'll be all right. All right. Well, I hope so. My bracket's never right, so you you probably should hope that I don't pick them in my bracket. <laughs> well, I always pick them, and I think I, I doom them every year. So, um, yeah, between the two of us, we'll see. All right. Well, um Thank you for coming on my podcast as always. 
Yeah, happy to do it. As always, you can follow me at STH85 on Twitter. Um, you know, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just look up Holy Cow with Cubs Podcast, and you can subscribe. And you can rate and review my podcast. It doesn't take very long. And lets me know that you guys like what you're listening to. Um, we're going to have more episodes coming up since the season is pretty much at hand. And I will have a season preview at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. And until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>